Balotelli. Aguero! Lewandowski goes through again. Oh, he just can't do it. You just cannot be that good. That is an amazing goal. I think he's scored a goal every time he's had a shot. What's going on, guys? We are back with the 50 Plus One Football Podcast, your home for all things Premier League and Bundesliga. We have a lot of topics for you this week, but... Before we go and start into that, I'm going to introduce the Deat Upamecano to my Bayern Munich, Billy. What did, what did I say literally last week? <laughs> I'm not talking to you, but I can talk to, to the people listening. So this week, we have obviously Bayern stealing from their neighbours again. Dortmund dropping more points, but gaining a new manager. Another premonition from us, by the way. Okay, can we just appreciate the fact that you went in that, in that theme right there. You said Bayern stealing from their neighbors, but Dortmund aren't stealing from their neighbors by signing Marco Rosa as manager. I mean, that, bruh. Double standards right here in football. Did someone okay, say good. something? I, I didn't hear that. Did someone <laughs> say something? <laughs> Oh, a lackluster oh. Liverpool again. And let us be the first to congratulate Man City on the 2020-2021 Premier League title. I'm with you on that one. What would you like to start off today with, Bill? The Premier League of the Bundesliga it is your pick. I'll be nice this week. Okay, I, I forgive you. We'll talk, we'll talk Bundesliga only because Bayern are currently losing. It makes me feel a little bit better. <laughs> So for those of you listeners who don't know it yet right now, are you kidding me? It it's is 3-1 to Bielefeld and Bayern are playing at home. I, Bill, keep your, keep your panties in line. You're like, ah, ah, it okay. just doesn't, it doesn't sit well. Ooh, God. I mean, are we really, are we really surprised though? Like this is literally the same. We could have literally written a Hoffenheim 2.0 because Bayern came off of the Super Cup midweek, with the UEFA Super Cup against Sevilla, which also went to extra time. And then they went and played Hoffenheim and lost 4-1. Now they just came off of playing the Club World Cup midweek as well as the weekend and now playing on a Monday against Bielefeld. And they're missing seven players, six of which arguably starters. I mean... Are we really surprised they're down 3-1 at this point? Are we really? Not really, no. And like I said to you before, I, I watched Trooper Moting play regularly for Stoke. <laughs> Terrible player. Great agent. Horrendous player. I, I was about to say, he can't be that horrendous because he managed to get into a PSG side with arguably some of the best strikers on this planet. It's all in the agent. And now, he get, and now he's playing with the current defending world champions of club football. Arguably, he can't be that bad. Okay, well, let's leave Bayern's current match. Come on. Well done. 
here's the thing, right? If you're going to be honest, did you really expect a Premier League club to get Upamecano? No, but you've got to let me exactly. dream. <laughs> okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. So I'll let you dream and all that, but it, like, if we're being honest, he's 22, so he's still a very, very young center back. And I mean, we've seen, we've said it time and time again. He's one of he loves to go and bomb forward, and then. You, the, the rest of the back line is like, no, 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 Dad, let's, let's stay back. Let's stay back. Don't go driving forward like you're a freaking midfielder. Like, no, no, that's not, that's not how this works. So I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I think the next logical step for him was to stay in the Bundesliga so as not to have the complete full shock of not just a step upwards, but also a whole different country, a whole different level of physicality. Like, you know, the, the step up, Arguably from Leipzig, there only is Bayern to step up to. So I think it was the logical step for him. Yeah. And yeah, I can't argue with that. I'm just glad he didn't go to Liverpool or Chelsea. Yeah. See that you got to look on the bright side. It was just, okay. Yeah. Realistically, he wouldn't solve any team's defensive problems. I still think Bayern probably need. Uh, a right back oh most definitely I mean Bonasar is playing tonight and let, we, we all know how that's going but then again it's... Benjamin Pava was the only scoring per, scoring player in the Club World Cup final so oops sorry sorry that was that was a needless bit of information please do go on well I know I was just you're just going to say if you're that resigned to losing Boateng Alaba and you've got Nicolas Zula, who's like a German Harry Maguire. I mean, actually, that's a, such an apt comparison. It is, that is actually stone cold perfect. They're both, you know, these meaty, massive center backs who, in their own right, probably on a good day, could be one of the best center backs playing, but are just so unbelievably inconsistent. Given I'd I'd probably count towards the fact that Zula's had his second ACL tear in the same knee at 25, being part of the problem because before his ACL tear he was pretty much bang on. Yeah, okay, that's gonna have some effect, but I just I'll bring it back to tonight's game for Bielefeld's second goal. Yeah, he just doesn't jump. Yeah, it, it, it's. I mean, to be fair, this whole that whole match is just uncharacteristic as all hell. But it's the first time in a while that Bayern have conceded three goals. Like the most they were they've conceded in the last ten matches or so was two, and that was against Mainz. And they went two 0 down at halftime, and then came back to win it five two, which definitely isn't happening tonight. You never know. You've still got players like Sane and Lewandowski playing, but when it rains, it pours. It just isn't, you know. You score to make it 2-1, and then literally from their kickoff, it's 3-1. It's one of those, when it rains, it pours. And yeah, yeah. But you talk about how good Upa Meccano is. I don't think, even if you had him playing tonight, probably wouldn't make much of a difference anyway. No, because I, I want to touch on that one thing that you said, is that you know he wouldn't solve anyone's 
struggling back lines, whether it be Liverpool's, Bayern's, Chelsea's, United's, whoever, because I think he still needs an experienced center back alongside him. Like he's definitely got the talent for it, but it's all in it's all mental at this point. The only thing that Upamecano now has to still develop is the mental side of his game because his physical aspect, his technique, his positional play are all very much on the way to world class. But is now that mental put that mental aspect of his game that's going to get give his technique and his physique and his physical play that little bit, that little push over the edge to get him to where he should be going, which is a world-class centre-back. I think it's probably important that Bayern keep Boateng. Oh, yeah. Similar to the whole, you know, Cavani can teach Greenwood-Rashford debate. If you can have Jerome Boateng day in, day out with their open Meccano, I think it could be probably for the next decade you could have one of the best centre-halves in the world. Yeah, uh, just this just in Bayern three two, Tuliso. So, if you're not watching, you'd be missing goals. You'll be missing goals galore. But enough on Bayern so far. Let's talk the actual snatch of the season, in my opinion, at least, and that is Marco Rose leaving Gladbach and joining. Borussia Dortmund as head manager. I said it before when you were announcing the topics. I think there is such a double standard when it comes to the fact that Bayern are buying players from rival clubs and Dortmund don't get half the heat when they nick players from other rival clubs as well as managers. Because this is not the first time Dortmund have nicked a manager. It's not the first time they've nicked a manager from Gladbach. Exactly. I'm sorry, but you can't tell me that Dortmund don't play the same tactics when they literally bought Gladbach's star player. I mean, if Marco Reus had stayed at Gladbach, probably wouldn't have gotten to be as good as he is. Maybe not. Who knows? But he was definitely Gladbach's star. And he was the reason Gladbach were playing so well at the time. And Dortmund nicked him in 2012. So I fail to see how it's only Bayern who are nicking all the talent. Like, I'm sorry, Dortmund do it as well. The only reason Dortmund get, don't get flack is because they aren't good enough to actually make it work. Simple as. Oh, no, I think the only reason that Bayern get the stick that they get is because they actually win things with it. So that's, that's the only reason. Because Dortmund take, granted, not a lot of players, but, you know, they had... Uh, Julian Brandt from Leverkusen, Torgan Hazard as well. But they don't do anything with them. Yeah, it seems to kind of stagnate. It's almost like a pit stop before they move on to someone else. I mean, it, it just goes back to the fact that what we've always said is that the mentality of Dortmund is just not the right one if you want to win titles. If you want to become a development club, then Dortmund are on their on the best way to do so. And I think that if, if they haven't already achieved it, so I don't know, but we said it last week on the podcast. So I think we can give ourselves a little bit of credit here and uh, say that we are the fortune tellers of AT sports. We, we debated about it last week and we said that the perspective at Dortmund is just better than at Gladbach alone from a financial aspect. 
because Dortmund just have that much more money that they could get Marco Rosa the players he wants rather than Gladbach. As good as as good as Gladbach seasons is going, I know we've also said you know there have definitely been ups and downs. Yes, there have. Take that upset last week at uh, or against um, Köln, but you know for their for their likes, it's it's a relatively good season. They're still in the Europe. They're still fighting for European places. I think how well Marco Rose does in his first season at Dortmund will be dependent on whether they finish top four or not because Europa League really isn't anything special. It's that it's the difficult thing of traveling ridiculously far on a on a Wednesday and having to play on a Sunday again. Yeah, yeah. Also affects how much money he, he has. Potentially, he could come in and Dortmund could sell Sancho, Haaland. There was talk of Gio Reyna as well. At this point, it wouldn't surprise me. Dortmund basically take any talent they've gotten. If they can get a lot, if they can get the good amount of money for them, they'll sell quite happily. <laughs> and then Marco Rose from Gladbach bring, brings in people like Zakaria. Player. Player, Turam. Good Neuhaus. Players. Florian oh. Neuhaus. Okay, okay just, just to interject, what are the chances now that Neuhaus sacks off Bayern and joins Dortmund? Like, come on. Yeah, but he'll be there for like two years and then he'll join you on a free anyway. Genuinely oh, surprised. Christ. I've said this to you before. Genuinely surprised you've not tried harder for Marco Royce back in the past. Bayern apparently did make him an offer also around the time that they were trying to get Lewandowski or they did get Lewandowski so around tw- the era 2014 to 16 when Royce still wasn't getting injured day in day out and he hadn't lost any of his he hadn't lost a spring in his step yet which I'd argue right now you know at this point in his career he's had so many injuries that he's just not been able to live up to his full potential but that's a whole other story but they did make an offer and he said, no, I'm staying at Dortmund. I'm going to be loyal to Dortmund. So that's the reason he never ended up in a Bayern shirt was because of him. Well, it's interesting. But let's talk more on Marco Rose. So when he was at Salzburg, Dortmund yeah. wanted him in 2018. They didn't get him. They got Lucien Favre. Imagine. Gladbach then got Marco Rose. But I want to talk, because you might know whether this is like a German club thing. The clause in his contract, if Dortmund come for me, then I can go. Is that normal? Doesn't seem normal to me. Oh, by the way, if one of your biggest rivals come in for me, I'm going to jack ship and go. I don't know if that's normal. I'm going to be honest with you. That clause in the contract, I've only seen, I think, a couple of times. I mean, if we're being honest, we haven't seen managers get traded slash sold all that often. And for them to manage to actually have that clause in his contract, that's a big, big difference. I mean, it's 
I'd say it's not normal in, in any circumstances, whether it be German football, English football, French or Spanish or Italian for that matter, any of the top five leagues. I don't think that is normal. I think that is very specific to this manager. And it just goes to show that Marco Rosa, as much as he seems to have been very happy at Gladbach, he's still very much a career manager who is looking out for his own interests and wanting to see where he can take his managerial style and see what he can do with it. I look forward to him being Bayern manager in five years. If Flick keeps on doing what he's doing, I mean, I, I, he'll, he'll full on. If Flick keeps this up, he will put an era like Sir Alex Ferguson. Did oh, Christ. That is, I know it's a, I, I'm putting my hat in the ring here for that, but I, it's a big, big shout. I'm leaning way out the window for this one, but you heard it here first. If Flick keeps on doing what he's doing, that is a Sir Alex Ferguson type era you will be seeing at Bayern. Okay. Well, when he gets to sack Midland next season. Uh, then then I will be eating my words. I will be eating my words and I will take it. That's what she said. Um, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. On the Gladbach oh, uh, manager situation. We're very good at predicting this. Too cool to Chelsea. Marco Rose to Dortmund. Jesse oh, even, Marsh. Oh, I was gonna I was gonna name your I was gonna name your most prominent one still for me. I think your best prediction was Max Kruse to uh, Union Berlin. That I was, was your so best one. So happy when that came through. That was your best one. But do continue, do continue with what I think is the next leaning out the window by Billy Andrews on AT Sports. Get your better 365 accounts open, folks. Oh, yeah. The next manager of Gladbach will be RB Salzburg coach Jesse Marsh. Mm hmm. And it makes more sense for that to happen to me because of the whole always oh, not leaving till the end of the season type thing which is so bizarre because now he knows he doesn't have to care about this Gladbach side. That's, that's the thing. I, I was talking to one of my friends about this just, uh, just recently, and it's a very odd time to announce this. But quickly, before we move on to that, Jesse Marsh to Gladbach, I think, is a very good prediction just because Jesse Marsh is shown that he can really take his team who aren't all that special and he can really give major clubs a headache. And he plays that type of attacking football that everyone loves. I mean, I, it could almost be compared to the, and I know you hate this phrase, cavalier football that Leeds United play. But um, yeah, okay. Your expression says it all. But yeah, that is, I think that is what, what Jesse Marsh brings to the table. I think Gladbach would definitely benefit from it. But moving back to the untimely announcement. Yeah, it's it's a hard one. It's a hard one. I think it's a little bit unlucky to announce that at this time, in this, at this point in the season. It's weird. I can understand players like the Upa Meccano one and players that go on free transfers. I wouldn't be surprised if... Real Madrid did announce that they'd signed Alaba in the next like four or five weeks. 
that happens all the, yeah. that happens all the time but for a manager is utterly bizarre i mean what is he just 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 take this one match out of context for a sec, out of context for a second how is he going to manage the gladbach side against dortmund in the dfb pokal quarterfinal especially when the dfb pokal is more likely more or less likely to be Dortmund's only ticket into the Champions League spots. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you about that. Um, did Nico Kovac know he had the Bayern job when Frankfurt beat Bayern? Do you know, what? I don't know that about that, but just this in: Davies has equalized three-three in the seventieth minute. Hooray. It's going off in Munich. It's going off in Munich. Um, but Yay. did Niko Kovac know he was going to be the Bayern manager? Um, do you know what? I actually have no idea. As sad as it sounds to say, but uh, I actually have no idea. I'll have a ganders of, uh, of the internet. Because it's, a, in it's a similar thing. And you think how... because. I can't remember the name of Gladbach's CEO now. You probably will know this. Uh, Gladbach's CEO? You mean their sporting director, Max Eber? That's the one. He said that he'd had conversations the last few weeks with Marco Rose about taking the Dortmund job. So surely Sally Hamidzic or or whoever at Bayern was talking to Niko Kovac. And it's almost like it's a sort of, okay, well, let's show the new boss what i can do by beating them yeah that that's one of the things um i i don't think i think for i don't think you would make that kind of a crashing announcement if you will right before a final especially if when one club has not won said title in 20 odd years like frankfurt had at the time so i think that i think that is too much of a psychological burden if you will but if we're being honest, right now, the psychological burden on them Gladbach players, Jesus. I mean, how are you going to train? I mean, obviously the professionals, and they probably will be able to figure out a way to compartmentalize it. But how, how you compartmentalize that and how you still manage to train, give it your all for a manager you know is already out the door at the end of the season? It's all, you could almost look at it if a player's got ambitions like Florian Neuhaus possibly Allison Player and Turan it's almost like a shop window type thing oh yeah because if you make yourself indis- indisposable to Marco Rose in the la- latter half of this season then that's in his mind if they sell Sancho if they sell Haaland if they sell Reiner well, I've got players that I worked with that I like, that like me, that yeah, work for yeah. me. I'd even, argue, I'd even argue that he's probably thinking about taking his top players from Gladbach to Dortmund anyway. Because the way Dortmund season have gone, I mean, we, we haven't mentioned it yet, but you know that draw against Hoffenheim, they were down at some point 2-1 to Hoffenheim during this match. You know, that, that is a team that is in definite need of some new characters. And I'm not talking players who are better talent-wise or technically. I'm talking players who mentality-wise are better 
than what Dortmund right now have to offer. Because right now the mentality in that Dortmund team, you know, they, they would have the, they would have a FIFA rating. Their mentality would be at a zero, zero aggression It is just, it is poor. It's weird to see. They look so deflated when they play. It, yeah, it's, it's like they don't, it's like they almost don't care anymore. Like they've already gone into mode. They've already accepted that this season's done for. Well, I've said it a few times about players mentally checking out. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, you don't want to think about it because they get paid so much money to play a game that everyone would love to be paid to play. Yeah. I think, I think the, at this point we've, We've already we've already always exhausted that that part of it, but you know it's it's I think at this point the the money it doesn't matter to them as much because as long as they're still getting played played as long as they're still getting paid some of those players I definitely can see just being like well I'm getting paid anyway no matter where this season goes you wouldn't want you wouldn't wish it and you wouldn't want that to be the case but i could definitely see some of those players heads going like that in the dortmund dressing room because there's no other way to explain their results because they've they've already kicked out the manager they've they've kicked out that one piece that they can make a change to and it's more the same i know i know you can't bring in everyone from Gladbach, but I think Dortmund. It's time to get rid of, not get rid, but Mats Hummels probably got to go. There's only so long you can pay a player like Marco Royce to sit in the injury room. Yeah, I, you know, if, I, I, if, as if sad could, as it sounds to say, if you could bring, let's say, you won't get all the players. Let's say he brings in three players from Gladbach. That'd already be a very, very good transfer for transfer summer for Dortmund, and I also argue Gladbach would never give away three of their players or three of their top players in one go. Because, okay, in an ideal world, you get three players. My, the, my pick, my three, I'd have Matthias Ginter. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'd have... Who already Florian, has played for Dortmund. Well, there we go. I'd have Florian Neuhaus. And I'd, pick, I'd take Dennis, uh, Dennis Sakaria as well. Because, as a sort of replacement for Thomas Delaney, no? Well, even as, a, as well as Thomas Delaney, because Emre Chan, like, just, it just hasn't worked. Moderhood is god-awful. God bless him, yeah, he tries okay. hard. But it's like watching me play football. <laughs> Come on. There's, the... right. was a... You're right. I've he seen very, myself very... play football, and that's cruel to me. <laughs> okay, so let, let's just take a note of that. Billy, definitely not a Moda Hood fan. Um, arguments to be made be about maybe... Okay, the, just really quickly. Arguments to be made about even taking Rami Benzabaini as a, as a fullback. Yeah, because off the top of my head, I can't name any. Nico Schultz? That's my point. We've said right on the, yes, but that's what I'm saying. The, 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 on right off the top of your head, you wouldn't be able to, you wouldn't be able to get a solid right back in your, 
in your squad for Dortmund at this point? Because we've already said it time and time again, Guerrero, as much as he wants to defend, he loves attacking more. Well, he was a winger or a left midfielder. That's what I'm saying. It's just... Mm. Although uh, to be think... fair, Guerrero plays on the left. Uh, on the left, but uh, so I guess the right back position is a little bit. That, that debate's a little bit unfair. But Emre Can played at right back the last the last few matches. There we go. And it, he's not a right back. I mean, this guy scored a bicycle kick against uh, Watford. Was it with Liverpool a few years back? I mean, he's definitely not a right back. He's not got the defensive mind for it. He's not a right back. He's not a, a center half he's not a centre mid he's one of those jack of all trades master of fuck all type players <laughs> he's bang average in every position yeah I mean he's not a right back let's, let's be real and Felix Paslak Again, he's just not who? good enough exactly he's just not good enough it's you, have, very... you do have to think if they get Marco Rosen, they'll stop playing that horrendous three at the back formation. You'd hope. You'd hope. Because they don't have the players for it. I said, when, you, when you're playing Thomas Delaney at centre-half... Oh, they've been going at a back for the last few games, but it obviously hasn't done anything to solve their defensive woes either. So, it... what's the point? Well, let's leave Dortmund until they lose again. Or drop points exactly. against someone they shouldn't. So next week we'll get back to this. Exactly, but let's—I'd th- say I think we've 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 had a hack at the Bundesliga for enough now, and you guys are still dying for some Premier League stuff. So, I think I think we'll leave the Premier League stuff just as one whole with the title race as a topic. I could get down with that. Just one thing before <laughs> we talk title race. If I was to say to you the 7th of November, does that have any significance to you? Not, not at the minute, no. Well, that was the last time Timo Werner scored a Premier League goal. Way! And he's broken his one, over a thousand evening. minutes. I mean, it was scrappy as all hell, but I don't think he'll care. I was about to say, I think he, he must have felt a mammoth weight lift off his shoulders. When that went in. 15 appearances, 1,001 minutes, 32 attempts on goal. Oof. It's not exactly what you want from a £60 million striker, is it? No, but it goes back to what we were saying. He's being played in a position where it's him and a big man up front. Yeah. Ever since Thomas Tuchel came in. And he's been getting into scoring positions more and more. I mean, he's still been assisting. You got to give him that. Yeah, he got the assist for Giroud's goal, the other goal in that game. And currently, that puts Chelsea fourth, West Ham in fifth, Liverpool, Premier League champions, sixth. And I think we've now opened the uh, Liverpool bashing train because, wow, that back line. I mean, the way Kabak just has all eyes for the ball, Allison, all eyes for the ball, and they just both take a swing at it and just collide in the middle of the park. Bah. Do, do you know what my favorite favorite thing from that fallout was? 
I was listening to Talksport and they have a phone-in show in the evening. Yeah. And this Liverpool fan phoned up and was like, "We're terrible at the back. Kabak again." I was like, "What do you mean again? That was his debut." <laughs> Oh, it just goes to show that Liverpool fans just will blame anyone, won't they? Exactly. At I least know, some of them. I know it's like, you know, hashtag GK Union and all that. Mm. But that is 100% Alisson's fault. He, I mean, the only reason Kabak has all eyes for the ball is because he does not think his keeper is coming out for that ball. Which means Alisson obviously did not communicate with his center back properly enough. Because in that instance... It's hard to say who was better positioned for the ball. Arguably, Allison, because he's running forward and Kabak is running with the ball towards his own goal. So clearing is arguably a harder or is harder for him because he's facing his own goal rather than getting and with his back to the way he wants to kick the ball. So Allison storming out of his goal, arguably better positioned. But if you're better positioned, you call for it. And as a goalkeeper, no matter what, you call for it and you let your center back know that you're coming for that ball so he can get the hell out of the way. So, yeah, I'm 100% agree with that's Allison's fault. Christ, a goalkeeper criticizing another goalkeeper. Uh, it does happen. Mark it down, folks. I mean, I'm also hard put to put this match as an, uh, as an upset because Leicester City, I think, as much as no one wanted to say it, Leicester were definitely favorites in that match, going into that match. Oh, God. The way their season's been going, the players they've got, the injuries Liverpool has, there is no way Liverpool were going into that match as favorites. No, it's... Leicester are a weird one, though, because they'll they'll beat Liverpool 3-1, and then they'll lose a game that they shouldn't. It's like West Brom or something, yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. They lost 3-1 to Leeds. Yeah. Uh... You know, they beat, they beat Chelsea. Then they drew with Crystal Palace. That's the only thing that separates Leicester from winning the title, arguably. You know. Is, yeah. It's weird because they lose 2-0 to Everton. Four days later, they go and beat Spurs 2-0. <laughs> That is inconsistency as good as it gets at this point. Yeah, I don't... I, I mean, I, I definitely see Leicester will probably be able to secure top four because on the whole, they're still doing very, very well. You know, 46 points out of 24 matches. That is that's a good haul. I mean, obviously, they're in third. But I want to talk about the fact that, you know, Liverpool are now fully out of the title race. I mean, Jurgen Klopp himself has was asked about this again after the Leicester match. And he, he said, I can't believe I'm saying it, but yeah, I'm conceding the title at this point. I mean, 13 points. Off of first? Oh, yeah. It's, <sighs> it's hard to argue. The only team that have been worse than this, I can think of two. That Chelsea team that finished 10th when they sacked Mourinho and got Gus Hiddinkin. Yeah. And United under David Moyes when we finished seventh. Yeah, and I'll also add a little statistic to that. Liverpool, after 24 matches, have a worse points total than Chelsea did after 24 matches when Chelsea finished 10th as defending title, uh, as defending champions. 
stupid. So I, I'm I'm hard pressed to say that Liverpool have you know fallen as far as they will this season. I at this point anything's possible. I could see Liverpool falling right into the midfield of the table, and not getting any European spots whatsoever. Well, Everton and Villa both have two games in hand over Liverpool. Everton are three points behind, and Villa are four. Arguably, so, they'll probably make those up. Yeah, so Liverpool could fall as far as eighth. Well, one of Everton's is Man City this Wednesday. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, history dictates that no, they won't win that. So they probably might. They might go level with them on points, but stay behind on goal difference because obviously Liverpool... They still did score a bit. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's hard to... It's hard to peg that one, but I think I think Liverpool. Are, there is a good chance Liverpool do not get any European football this season. Oh no! How horrible for them. Okay, uh, wh- how are you grinning? You know, Manchester United haven't done much better. Huh? <laughs> 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 I don't like you anymore. <laughs> I swapped a smile right off his face. So I hope, hope Bielefeld get a last minute winner. <laughs> and the, th- the thing is, I still wouldn't care that much because we'd still be four points off the top. <laughs> it could okay. be worse. You could be seven points clear with the, having played a game more <laughs> and having played the two of the bottom three in your last four games. It's okay. So now that you've just seen our true colors come out, We'll go back to very, very unbiased commentary. Um, United against West Brom 1-1. Not that many controversies in there. Just United, are, they, they, are showing to, they are showing themselves to be choking at the minute, aren't they? They were so close, so close to the city. And then now in the span of about the last three weeks, it's just all falling apart for them. Yeah, I... I can't, I don't know why. I do know why. Just come off the boil at the wrong time. I said the same thing to one of our mates that supports Liverpool. You know, oh, you've used up all your goals for the month beating Crystal Palace 7-0. We put nine past Saints. That's two months worth of goals there. (laughs) But it's it's so stupid because at this rate, we go away, in inverted commas, to Turin to play Real Sociedad. Adnan Yalazai hat-trick incoming. It's just going <laughs> to Celebrations get more elaborate with each one. And that's going to... Oh, I nearly cried when he left. Oh, Jesus Christ. But I'm not going to moan. I'm not going to complain. Even though Mbai Dianya's goal should have been ruled out because he was basically picking... Lindelof's nose. He had his hand completely over his face, but we'll ignore that. If we, if United didn't have Bruno, they'd be bottom half of the table. Convinced of that. Yeah, because even when to... he's terrible, he's still very good. Yeah, yeah. I think this part, these last few weeks of the season, United have found out the limitations of how much he will carry them. Mm. You need more than one of those players. 
you need at least Jaden Sancho incoming. Well, cut price deal. Let's hope. Oh yeah. But you, you know, you need more than one of those players to when the team aren't playing badly, they still go. You think back to that, like two thousand and seven, two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Rooney, Ronaldo, even players like Skulls, Tevez, Tevez. You know, they grab a game by the scruff of the neck and drag the team over the line. But if there's you only told, so yeah, you can't you can't put that all on one player for a whole season. Oh God, no! And I wouldn't be surprised if he completely burned out. I really wouldn't. But if you told me at the start of the season United would be second at this stage, I think I probably would have laughed at you. (laughs) (laughs) Having not got Sancho, having not got another centre-half, you know, having missed out on players in January, like having missed out on Haaland and things like that, it was just, okay, well, another typical top six scrap just breaking into the top four but it's still it's a big step forward but i was about to say i think you could argue that you can't knock the fat knock the progress united have made because as you said i don't think a lot of people would have put united at second after 24 matches oh god no but i think think you sorry i just the last thing i think some united fans are so holier than thou and self-entitled like Okay, yeah, we've had all the Ferg, all the stuff under Fergie. That that's ended. This is something completely different, something completely new. It isn't. But we're Man United. We deserve to win. No, you've got to be the better team to win. You don't win a league if you lose to West Brom, or if you drop points against West Brom. If you lose to Sheffield United. You know, you have glorious chances to win the games at Chelsea, Leicester, Arsenal, Liverpool away. You know, that City team have taken those chances. I, yeah, so I think you said that um, that team is seeing the limitations of how far they can go. I think it's it's unfair to say that it the, that team is limited to just bottling it basically i mean oh, that's oh no it sounds. What, what i meant but was what, what i meant was the limitations of how far bruno fernandes can carry that okay team. yeah i would argue that it's not just the limitations of how far bruno fernandes could carry that team i'd argue that it's the limitations on how many mistakes you can make at crucial moments in the season because as you've just rightly said city as much as they have scrapped you know that one nil win uh against sheffield united was by no means pretty but there is the direct contrast between the two manchester clubs united go on and lose against sheffield united whereas city as scrappily as they played as as unbelievably fuming as pep guardiola must have been with their performance after the match at the end of the day one nil and three points was the end result. And United had zero points. So at that, at the end of the day, you just have to, you just have to see that it is taking your chances and not just doing it against the big clubs, but also doing it against a little guy that, you know, having the basics on lock is much better than having the flair 
or being able to do the flare, but still making mistakes with the basics, if that makes sense. Yeah, and all you've got to do is look at the three all against Everton. Yeah. Kick the ball long. Don't... Basics. It is. It's basics. It's game management basics. Run to the corner. Don't try and pass it in midfield and give it away. Run to the corner. You know, don't give away a foul on the wing. Yeah. When it's 93 minutes and if three minutes out of time, because you know that they're going to be allowed to take that free kick. I think, yeah, I, I, I've got to give them credit because as, as bad as United have been at times, City have been ruthless. I mean, you've got to look at that game against Tottenham. Ilkay yeah. Gundogan has become some goal-scoring maniac. Yeah, he's Stones, a the Barnsley Beckenbauer. <laughs> Ruben Diaz has been an inspirational signing. And they're doing this without Aguero, without De Bruyne. That's, I think, the biggest one for me. Is they're doing all this ruthless play without arguably their two best players. They're doing it without one of the best strikers the Premier League's ever had. And, and one of the best, best midfielders midfielder. currently in the league. Yeah. We've seen it. United arguably the best midfielder to... in the world. Arguably, yeah. We've seen United have tried to play without Bruno Fernandes. Hasn't worked. West Ham away, had to bring him on. Southampton away, had to bring him on. The FA Cup midweek, had to bring him on to beat West Ham in extra time. Extra time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and see, there we go. I think, I think the season is almost now... So, like, if you just took the comparison between the two Manchester clubs, that would tell you the story of the title race. Pretty much. And there's a couple that we went to uni with. I've been speaking to one, and he won't admit that it's over. It's like, come on. Seven Ooh. points with a game in hand against Everton, which they're going to win because Everton lost to Fulham, for Christ's sake. I think that's just a bit, that is almost a bit too righteous not to admit that they're going to win the league at this point. I can understand why. Yeah. Because, you know, when United were top, I wasn't going, oh, we're going to win the league. We're going to win the league. We're going to win the league. Because it will come back and bite you in the ass. Yeah, of course. Of course. But I mean, as we've both said, you know, seven points clear with a game in hand. Arguably, they're 10 points clear. Yeah. And, They've got Everton midweek. They've got Arsenal away on Sunday. Which the way Arsenal playing might be tough. But which yeah. Arsenal turns up? That is anyone's guess at, this, at any point in this season. At any point. West Ham? That's not an easy one. And not then the way West Ham are this season. And then it's the Manchester derby. On the sixth of March, that's I think a, it's. A, I'm not gonna lie. That's a solid. That's a that's a hefty couple of weeks uh, that Pep's team still has to go. That's a hefty couple of weeks. Sandwich in between Arsenal and West Ham, Gladbach as well. And Gladbach, not going to be an easy time of it. I don't think. It's anyone's guess. 
So, so would you would you say definitively that the Premier League title is race is still over, even though we've just gone through that hefty couple of weeks that Manchester City have ahead of them? Yeah, because Arsenal have this horrendous habit of not turning up to big games. West Ham, as good as they have been, they don't have enough to stop Man City. I don't think. Maybe. We could turn up for the derby, but based on recent performances, I don't see it happening. Yeah. I think if they get nine points from those three games, definitely. It's 99% over now. The only way it's not over is if they have some sort of cataclysmic breakdown. I think it's hard to argue with that. And on that note, I think we'll end it for this week. Don't forget to subscribe, like, share, comment on Instagram and Twitter. Check out us on Google Podcasts and on Spotify as well as our RSS feed. We appreciate you guys so much. But thank you very much for listening, guys. Keep calm. Love the beautiful game.